Please pray with me. Oh, Father God, you are indescribable. And it's pretty amazing that you know the stars by name, but really what makes our hearts sing, what gives us indescribable joy is that you know us by name. You not only know us by name, you know how many hairs are on our head. You know the depths of our heart. Father, you know the depths of our sin. And yet, you love us the same. Because of who you are, because of what your Son has done, because of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we are here to worship. We are here to acknowledge that you are good and you are God and that you are with us. And because of the work of your Son, we're yours. Here we are. We're your family. We're gathered here to be in your presence, to acknowledge your worth, to sing your praises to feel the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ, to know the joy that we're loved, to be fed by your word, here we are to worship. Send the spirit of your son powerfully in our midst. Remind us of your indescribable greatness, your indescribable love, so that we can give you the glory you deserve and the joy that comes from knowing that we are loved. We pray this all in Christ's powerful name. Amen. You may be seated. Each Sunday morning, it's my custom to pray. Pray hard for you. Pray hard for me. Pray hard for our service and all those that were there and you're going to come. And again, if you're worshiping with us today and it's, it's uh, first time, welcome. It's great to have you. This morning, I was praying as I do uh, for our pastor emeritus. And I was praying that God would continue to strengthen him. And maybe today he'd have enough uh, strength as he's recovering uh, from some health issues to join us in worship. And he's here today. And I just want to say praise God. Can you say welcome back? What a warrior for Jesus. We are doing a series. It's called uh, The Ten Deadly Sins of Orangewood. Uh, we're kind of on the back side of this series. For those of you who have been here through most of them, thanks for coming back. Thanks for uh, not hearing these things and running. They've been hard. They've been hard for the preacher. Um, they've been good for the preacher. I trust that God's word never comes back void. These are things that God has for us because he loves us. Because God loves us, he's going to give us some difficult things. He wants us to be more like Jesus, his son, and and to live a life that's abundant. And so because of that, and because we know we're loved, and here's some really good news, because we know we've been set free because of the blood of Christ, because we know that we're clothed in Christ's righteousness. You ready for this? Because we know that our God can't love us more than he does today, never will, no matter what condition he, we are in, as long as we are in Christ Jesus. He's never going to let us go. He's never going to change his mind about us. His love for us is eternal. Listen, I'm telling you all these things because we got to get in the right mindset to hear some hard things. Because when we hear these things and we start shifting in our chair and wondering, does God really care? Does he really love us? We're going to find one of his beloved daughters in Christ asking Jesus a question today. Don't you care? 
Once we know he cares, we can deal with a lot of things. This morning we're going to look at a sin that maybe in a lot of ways you say, is it really a sin? I mean, a lot of things we've been dealing with, like lust and greed and idolatry, uh, those things we can say, oh, those are clearly sins. But what about the sin of busyness? Let me ask you this question as we begin. We've been beginning most of these weeks with a question. This one is this. Here it is. How busy are you? How hectic is your schedule? Are you living your life in overdrive? Are there any warning signs going off in your life right now that that it's time for a pit stop? Are there things that are happening in your life uh, that clearly indicators that it's time to stop and get recharged? This morning's it. It's a time for us to stop and take take a look. Uh, this summer, we had the privilege of having some friends visit. We had some dear friends come this weekend. Uh, the Hines, the longtime members of uh, the church, they're here with us. It's great to have y'all. Um, also, we had some other friends come, and, and uh, one of the friends that came uh, has one of the, my favorite stories. I shouldn't tell you her name, because then you'll know who she is. Her name's Sally. And she's driving her car, and it was giving her some warning signs. As a matter of fact, it came on, a sign, a light that came on in her car, check oil. Is that an important thing in your car? I mean, if you're, you're, you're driving down the highway, and you're tra- especially when you're training young people to drive like we are right now, you want to make sure now you really, when this light goes on, you really want to take uh, notice of this. Well, she had a check oil light that came on, and you know what? That, that blasted light just remained on. And it just was irritating to her. You know how hard it is to drive down the street when a big red light is glaring at you? She took some electric tape, made it about the right size, stuck it over the indicator, and kept driving. Thinking, I took care of the problem. I'll ignore it. I'll look the other way. And you know the end of the story. I mean, uh, engine doesn't run very long without oil. Eventually, her problems were a whole lot more than electrical tape. Now, don't tell her that I told you all that story, okay, if you know who it is. But you see, that's our life sometimes. There are probably some signs in your life right now that are going off, that the Holy Spirit is, is nudging you. Check the oil of your soul. Check engine of your life. How you doing with me? And the worst thing we can do is to avoid it. The worst thing we could do is put a piece of electrical tape over what the Holy Spirit wants to do. This morning we are going to look at the sin of busyness. And what we're going to be amazed about, and I guarantee you will be amazed, that busyness really is a lot less about our schedule and a lot more about our hearts. I think mine's beating really fast. That's why it's booming right there. But what do we do to combat a busy life? I know you. I know your lives. They're like mine. But if we just come here this morning and say, yeah, yeah, we're all busy. But we want to know, what will it take for us to really wrestle with this? What will cause our lives to be more in control? What will keep us from being so exhausted? There's a guy named Martin Luther. Uh, He lived in the 16th century, uh, an incredible man of God. Uh, He's what we would call the father of the Reformation. It was Martin Luther that ushered in this Protestant faith. Uh, back in 1517, 
And it is said that Martin Luther used to spend three to four hours a day in prayer. And when he had a really busy day, he would get up a few hours early to pray a few more hours. You know what that story does for me? Makes me hate Martin Luther. I want to say, what kind of jerk is that that we got to hear about it? He's a great man of God, but tell me about mere mortals. I'm having a hard time squeezing in a quiet time. This is a man that prays three to four hours a day and gets up a couple hours early for more. Wow, no wonder God used him to change the world. And again, this message, like every other message that we've preached in this series, is not to make you feel guilty. And what I don't want to do is hold up some some statistic or some superstar and say, this is what your life should be all about. Because realistically, I don't think that many of us are going to spend five hours in prayer, but we should live our lives in communication with God. And we should figure out in our lives a way to slow down and bring God into the center. You see, my prayer this morning is very, very difficult because I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will guide our, our discussion together. Because listen, when we get to the cause of busyness, we'll ask Jesus to drive it out. See, there is a root problem in our hearts that the gospel can fix, that can cause us to have lives that aren't so busy. We're going to dig deep and say, what causes this busyness? And how does Jesus, how does Jesus bring balance? And I don't know if I ever preached a harder sermon. It's not hard because the text is hard to exegete. It's not hard because the Greek is harder than other things. You know what's hard? Because I am so far from mastering this. So this morning, the preacher is going to preach to the preacher, all right? This morning, I'm going to ask you to listen in as God does his business with me, and the preacher preaches to the preacher, and, but I know this. If you do listen in, there's something here for you too. Because I know our lives are very, very similar. All right, turn with your me and your Bibles. We're going to look in God's holy word. He's going to give us an incredible story. It's a short story. Uh, it's going to tell us about our lives and how they should be centered and how busyness gets in the way sometimes of what's truly important. We're going to look into a little village called Bethany. Uh, we're going to find ourselves this morning in one of Jesus' favorite families, the family of Martha and Mary. Uh, although the brother isn't ma- uh, mentioned, his brother's name, their brother's name is what? Anybody know? Lazarus. Some incredible stuff has happened with this family. Um, Jesus truly loves this family. They're truly in love with Jesus. And we get to God's holy word, uh, to the book of Luke. And for all you women here, you got to love the gospel of Luke because there's a great emphasis on women uh, and, and the incredible ministry they have to Jesus. Luke tells us that women were traveling with Jesus. Uh, they were supporting Jesus. Luke tells us that uh, here we have Mary uh, at the feet of Jesus as in a, in a uh, position of a disciple. Uh, we have Martha opening up her home, but not just for the women, for old, young, uh, for men and women. This is God's word. And God wants to speak to us today through the story. And if your life is busy... And if you're pretty hectic, there's things here for for you. And a little story that when the Spirit of God illuminates in our hearts and our minds can truly bring transformation. So in respect to God's word, if you're able, will you please stand with me 
And let's look into Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Verse 38, God's holy and errant word. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, probably most likely on their way to Jerusalem, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Women, uh, those of you who open up your house and, and hostess or men, did you know about those distractions? She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken from her. You may be seated, and let's pray. Father, we ask that by the Spirit of the living God, you would do that which only you could do. That you would take us and you'd usher us into that home in Bethany of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. That, Father, that today as we gather in your name, that something divine would happen, and that would be that you would speak through a broken sinner. You would speak through a preacher who desperately needs to hear the message that's about to be preached. And Father, I pray that you would open up our ears not to hear my voice, but to hear the voice of our good shepherd, our Savior, that today we would be able to sit at his feet and hear. That Spirit of the living God, that you would shed light into our minds and into our lives and into our blackberries and into our daytimers and into our schedules and that you will reveal to us that what really is Lord of our lives, what really is causing us to worry about many things, what really is causing us to be upset, and how the gospel, the good news of Christ and Jesus' rescuing of us can bring peace to our lives and to our schedules and to our minds and to all those things that we are worried about, that we are consumed with, that we're upset about. And Father, we're here and we're your family. We need to hear this because God, I know like me, my brothers and sisters, they're worried about a lot of things. The, the economy's not good. There, there, there are tough times. There's difficulties in our families. There's difficulties in our marriages. There's difficulties in our church. And Father, we, we need to somehow get beyond the worries and see the face of your son Jesus that gives us light and gives us life and gives us hope into all these things. So shed the light of Christ powerfully this morning through the preached word. Father, take our hearts, our hearts that have become stony and crusty because of worry and because of sin and because of anger and because of lack of worship. And, and God, today, take our hearts afresh and lovingly break them so that we can be more in love with the life giver, Jesus. So our lives can receive life from him and our hearts 
and our lives truly can be hidden in Christ. And Father, if we walk out of here and nothing changes and our schedules stay the same and our worries stay the same and our cares are just as heavy, we've missed it. And we've missed you. Don't let that happen. Do that which only you can do. Cause us to leave here walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. Or better yet, help us to leave here in a posture sitting at the feet of Jesus. We pray that you and you alone receive glory and that we receive great joy. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we peer into this village, this village in Bethany, we have this very, very short story. And we hear about Martha and we hear about Mary. And we see Mary is busy. And you know what? When you first look at this, you got to see that she's probably needs to be praised. What is Martha busy doing? I mean, Martha isn't busy making money for herself. Martha's not busy trying to make a name for herself. Martha isn't busy doing those things that entertain herself. Martha, unbelievably, and oh, how this scares this preacher, Martha's busy doing things for Jesus. Martha, we got to give her high marks. She's showing the, uh, uh, the uh, gift of hospitality. Martha is opening up her home to the Lord. It mentions that his disciples were with him. So uh, there's probably other travelers that are there. How is it for you opening up your home? And again, I think one of the side notes of this is, is that we got to see, and I wasn't going to say it here, but let's, let's, let's see this. Martha was distracted over preparations that all she had to do was open up her home. And oftentimes, Jesus is calling us to show hospitality to our neighbors, to those next to us. And oftentimes, what paralyzes us is the amount of activity. I got to clean my house. I got to do this. I got to do that. We get so distracted. And really what Martha did is she started losing sight of Jesus and what was really important. But let's, let's, let's clap our hands a little bit for Martha. She loved Jesus. Martha wanted it. Mar Martha was making a meal for a king, and she knew it. Martha was trying to say, I love you to Jesus in the way she thought was right. And it led her to do a lot of stuff. But on the other side, we got Mary. Mary, who I'm not going to say is, 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 has been lazy. Martha was sitting there grumbling in the kitchen saying, Mary, I can't believe you. Here I am. You've left me alone. Basically saying, I'm the lone pillar. I'm holding this whole thing up. And here you are, Mary. What are you doing? You're sitting at the feet of Jesus. And you're listening. We get Mary, who realizes that the bread of life is a whole lot more important than what the bread is in the oven. That the words of Jesus are a whole lot more important than all the preparations. And she's not going to miss it. And she sits at his feet like a disciple. And she's drinking deeply from the one who's changing her life from the inside out. She's drinking deeply from the one who's going to rescue her from her sins. And she's spending time with the Savior, doing exactly what Jesus would want her to do. Oswald Chambers, many of you read him on a, on a daily basis. Uh, he has a quote um, out of his daily devotional, and it's a great one. I think it kind of sheds a light on what we should be as far as a Martha and a Mary, and it says this. 
The idea is not that we do work for God. Now listen, lean on this. I know how it is we hear a quote. Sometimes you want to check off, uh, check out. But listen, the idea is not that we do work for God. I mean, that's important because Scripture says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared for us to do beforehand. So we know that God wants us to work for him. We know that God wants us to use our resources to bring him glory. Every single one of you who is a child of the living God, God has created you, whether you're a teacher, a lawyer, a housewife, whatever you are, to do work that tells of his name and his fame and his glory. We are created to work ever since the garden. But Chambers says the idea is not that we do work for God, but that we are so loyal to God that he can do his work through us. You see, it's not that we do work for God as Christians. The bottom line is, is that we are ridiculously in love with Jesus. That we are so loyal to him and to his name. That we're just going to go where he commands us and we're going to spend time with him. And we are going to be his instruments in making sure we're sitting at his feet. Okay, we have two things. And here's what we're going to do tonight, this morning, tonight. Am I that busy? Is it that long a day? We had no air conditioning in here in this morning. It's been a long morning already. But here's what we're going to do. I have two basic points for you about busyness. And we're going to end with looking at the reality that God is calling us to worship. He's calling us to love him. And we're going to spend the backside of this service in just worship, in just song. So spend a few moments with me as we journey together. And the first thing is this. The problem with busyness, the problem with busyness, and I have three points there. If you want to follow along in your outline, you'll see one in your bulletin. There's also the text is there. Uh, you may want to fill that in and take that home with you. The first problem with busyness is this. We lose sight of God's love. If our lives are hectic, or if our lives are in overdrive, if, if we are go, 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 most likely we are going to lose perspective. And the first perspective that I'm most concerned about is this. It's the perspective of God's love. I mean, here's Martha. She should know better. Here's Martha. I mean, she's a lover of Jesus, and yet she is in working very, very hard for Jesus, and she's going to come to him and in verse 40 ask him a question that is absolutely astounding. She'll say, Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? I need to be reminded every day that he cares because I forget. It's amazing. You would think that I wouldn't forget about the cross. It's amazing. You wouldn't think I wouldn't forget about the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. You wouldn't think I forget, but I do. And daily I need to be reminded of a God who loves and a Savior who rescues and a, a Holy Spirit that empowers. And every day you and I need to be at his feet reading his word and remembering he does care. Because when we get busy and life starts to crash in on us, we start asking a question, God, don't you see me down here? Don't you know about these burdens? Don't you really quit care? But really what's convicting to me is this, not so much with Martha's asking the question, do you care, is my own life. When I get busy and God gets marginalized and he gets pushed to the corner and I want to spend more time with me and less and less time with him, the question that we need to really ask in our busy schedules is, do we care? Do we care enough about him? Do we care enough about time with him? Do we care enough about input with him? 
Because whatever we deem worthy, we are going to spend our time with. Think about that again. Whatever we deem worthy, that's where we're going to spend our time. If it's worthy for you to get up and make a living, and I hope it is, you're going to get up and make a living. If it's worthy to study for an exam, you're going to study for an exam. Is it worthy? Do we really care? Does Jesus really have something to offer to sit at his feet? And I often live my life telling God that really you're not worthy enough to, to wedge some time in my schedule. Let's look at it like marriage. If your marriage is worth something, you will spend time with your spouse. I highly recommend a date night. A night where you say, you know what, we're going to take care of the kids, we're going to get a sitter, we're going to just put everything else uh, aside for a while because I care about my spouse, I care about my marriage, we are going to have a date night. It's the greatest way to show that you really care, is spending time with someone. I think as, as a, a, a wife whose husband's working so much, he wants to call and say, I really care about you, I really care about you. Well, how do you show you care about me? Spend time with me. And it's so true with Jesus as well. Do we really care? Do we really care enough to spend time with him? I gotta tell you, when, I, when, I'm in a, when I'm in a groove, and right now I'm not, I think I'm probably having the worst devotional life I've had in probably 12 years. But when I get a chance to sit at Jesus' feet, and it's the quietness of the morning before the day has begun, and when I get to open up his word and, and I get to be reminded that I'm loved. And when I, when I hear story of that, that he before time would be, began would love me and his son would rescue me, there's no greater feeling. There's no greater joy. You see, busyness wants to rob that from you and from me. Rob us from sitting at Jesus' feet and to be reminded of how incredibly loved we are and whose we are. The problem with busyness is we lose sight of God's love. And secondly, the problem of busyness leads to worry. Look at verses 40 and 41 again. As Martha said, do not, don't you care, Lord, that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried. You're cumbered. You're worried and upset about many things. A busy life will always produce a worried life. A busy life with many things, many things you're trying to juggle. You're trying to juggle your, your career. You're trying to juggle your family, all the things that are coming into you. And you try to juggle all those things. You know what they're all going to produce? Worry. And this is why Jesus says, what you got to do is come spend time with me. Because I want to remind you that life's not about juggling. And when we go and we sit at Jesus' feet, he wants to say, now these are the things you don't have to juggle anymore. These are the things you shouldn't have in your life. Spend time and listen. Spend time with him. But we get to be like circus clowns in life. All we want to do is juggle, juggle, juggle. And the more things we have piled in our daytimers and our blackberries, the more we're going to worry. The more we realize we want to be in control. I got good news for you, those of you who are juggling a lot of things. Scripture says that we have a Savior named Jesus, and he says to all you who are juggling, all you who are burdened, all you who are weary, he says, come. Come to me and cast your burdens onto me because I care for you. 
How is it in your life? A great sign that you're too busy is the, is the uh, level of your worry. How much worry do you have? Are you casting them upon Jesus? Not only that, it leads to anger. Is your life marked with anger? Man, again, guilty as charged. I just had this week, I had an incident where my, my hot water heater went out, my phone line went out, my internet went out. I felt like I couldn't do anything and I couldn't control all these things in my life. It's very, very busy right now. And you know what I felt like? I felt anger. Because don't people know that I'm the senior pastor of Orangewood? Don't they know that I need hot water? Don't they know that I need internet? Don't they know that I need a phone line that works for goodness sakes? And these are all the things in my life that I'm trying to juggle that God brought in there. Instead of rushing to him and saying, God, let me cast my cares onto you because you care for me. And I think you're even bigger than the phone company. And I think you're bigger uh, than all these issues in my life. You know, instead, I try to handle it myself. And what happened was wrath and anger. And there's broken pieces in relationships along the line of people I've called and blew away. Because my busyness wasn't taken to Jesus and his feet. And because I couldn't control my life. And God says, listen, here's the deal, Martha. You're worried about a lot of things. And these things, these things you should be casting on me. Martha, 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 quit it. Come to me. You're getting angry over the small things. Come sit at my feet. What an incredible, what an incredible invitation. Busyness, the problem with busyness, ultimately the second thing is this. Busyness does drive us from the feet of Jesus. Busyness distracts us from what is important. Okay, here's the meat of what I want to tell you. Why are we so busy? Here's the deal. Why are we so busy? Because we're not believing the good news of the gospel. What in the world do you mean by that, Jeff? Well, here's what I believe is happening in our lives. Why are we so busy? We believe our worth is wrapped up in what we do. The more we do, the more we're worthy. Look at Martha. Martha's going to make all these preparations. She's going to have an incredible spread. Why? So that she will be deemed worthy of God's love. And the reality is we want to feel worthy. Here's the gospel is the, the fact that we're sinners who want to so much justify our existence. We want to prove that we have worth. And while we want to prove we have worth, oftentimes it's all the stuff that we do. So the world can see us and say, yes, you have worth. You have a busy schedule. Wow, you must be an important person. As if we, we reward in life those who live their lives at such incredible high speeds that they're burning up their lives, all those relationships around them. That's not living. And it's so hard in, in this society for those of you who are young women, those of you who are young moms, that are wrestling saying, does my life have worth? And you know why you feel that way? Because you live in a society that says your worth is wrapped up in what you do. And as if raising children wasn't a godly and good enough thing, if managing a household wasn't quite good enough, that you got to find your worth in something else. And let me tell you, it's wrong. It's wrong. And you will never find your worth in a full schedule. You'll never find your worth in all the things you can jam your life with. Life's bigger than that. And at the end of the day, you and I are going to lose if we're trying to find our worth in what we do. And there, the good news of the gospel is this. It's in who we are. 
in who we are. You see, Mary was finding her worth at the feet of Jesus, knowing that she, a sinner like Mary, was worthy because of God's grace and love and his blood of his son to sit at Jesus' feet. Mary was being reminded that she's worthy because she's a child of a king. She was reminded that she's worthy because God had set an everlasting love upon her. She knew that she was worthy because she was being reminded that this was her creator and her creator loved her. Her creator is the one that has gifted her. Her creator is the one who set her free. And she realized that it's not in what she does. You see, the biggest issue with busyness is it drives us away to the feet of the Jesus and it distracts us from what really is important. If you believe your worth is wrapped up in your business card that you hand to someone else, you've missed it. It's interesting. I, uh, right before the service, uh, the Eberts, Mike Ebert came up to me. He was a missionary. He and Debbie were in Japan, and he saw the, the, uh, 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 the title of the sermon, and he showed me the kanji. There's two uh, Japanese characters that make up busyness, and it's death of the heart. Interesting how they would say how busyness is, is the death of the heart. And isn't that true with us? And it's why so much why Jesus wants to pull us in relationship with, uh, with him and remind us that our worth isn't wrapped up in what we do. He loves us so much more than that. See, Martha seemed to be distracted. She was wrapped up her worth in Jesus and she missed it. But busyness does something else. It not only distorts the what is important, but the who is important. Busyness distracts us from who is important. It takes our eyes off of Jesus and it puts, us, puts our eyes onto ourselves. Where we think because of a busy schedule, somehow we are the ones that are important. Listen, if you and I live our lives without time at Jesus' feet, without daily devotion, hearing of our worth from God, if we are all about our activities, one of two things will happen. We'll either exalt ourselves when things are going well. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. I got a full schedule. I can do it all. Look at all the lives that I'm touching. Look at all the activities that I'm involved in. Look at all the things that I'm doing. Haven't I found great worth? Look at me. Or we'll be like Martha and say, I can't do it all. Will you pity me? Lord, don't you care? Look at me, I'm just doing it all myself. As a pastor, it's so hard for me sometimes to know what God is calling me to do. Prepare sermons, shepherd the flock, set vision, lead. All these things can start worrying in my life. How do I best love you? How do I best love him? And you know what it does? Oftentimes it just takes my eyes right on me. And you know, I start feeling like I'm really important. And sometimes I even think, you know what? I wonder what Orange would be like without me. Man, that place is going to crumble. Oh, Jeff Jakes. And I get with Jesus, and he whispers in my ear, and he says, hey, Jeff, by the way, I want to tell you something. It's uh, my church, not yours. And yes, we have birds in here. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit descending. It's an amazing thing when I preach. It's just, it's awesome. We have no air conditioning. We have birds. You know how hard it is to listen? We're almost done. Just hang on, all right? I was on a good point. When I get with Jesus and he reminds me, hey, Jeff, sit at my feet. Let me remind you that 
to my church. I don't need you. I was doing fine without you, and when you're gone, but I really love you. I'm crazy about you. I shed my blood to, to rescue you. You're mine. Oh, I, I don't need you, but I'm choosing to use you. And get your eyes off yourself, Jeff, and put them on me. Because your busyness has you focusing all wrong. Our focus should be on Jesus. Are you too busy to sit at Jesus' feet? Is that your life right now? Because what Jesus says is this. It's amazing. He says that really there's really only one thing, only one thing that is necessary, and that is to feed on the bread of life, to feed on Jesus. The Westminster Confession of Faith that we adhere to says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Do we really believe that there's only one thing necessary for life and whatever your schedule's filled with next week, that is not it. The only thing that is necessary for your life and my life is Jesus. And the only thing that is necessary is for us to feed on the bread of life and to be connected to the one who gives us life and life abundantly. That is the only thing that is necessary. Jesus has given us life, but it needs to be recharged daily. How is it with your cell phone? I recently uh, got a new phone and someone said, how is the battery of that phone? How often does it need to be recharged? How many minutes do you use? Because I always have to recharge my battery. I cannot find a phone that can hold a battery long enough. Well, in our lives, where our lives are like those cell phone batteries, they need to be recharged daily. we got to be plugged back in. And God says, you can come to me anytime you want to. You want to plug me in the car? Plug me in the car. You want to plug me in at work? Plug me in at work. Anywhere, just plug me in. I will come to you. But I, I, I really want to get a charge in your phone. You'll set it in a cradle and you'll let it sit overnight. And just rest. And Jesus is saying to each one of us, really to get the charge you need to come and and let me cradle you. Let me hold you. I love what Jesus says in, in John 15. He says, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to have a life that's abundant, if you want to really do that which is going to bring God glory, remain in me. Abide in me. Sit at my feet and you will be fruitful. You may say, some of you say, okay, Jeff, but I got to make a living. I'm busy. i got to make a living. My, my, my job requires a lot. Right now the economy's turned down. But let me ask you, what is a living? I mean, do you really have to make a living to the point of the busyness many of our schedules have? Young moms, you may want to say, okay, great sermon, Jeff. Nothing to do with me. I'm just trying to raise kids. I'm trying to stay sane as i got three and three-year-olds and one-year-olds crawling around my house. Let me remind you, this is a time so important to you, young moms, that you've got to hear from Jesus. You really do, because you're giving so much of your life, so much of yourself away. And you, you live in a society that's not going to clap and say, great job being a housewife or a stay-at-home mom. And so you really want to get and sit with Jesus' feet. Let me encourage you, when the baby goes down, or when you get that moment, or husbands, give it to your wives. Give her some moments. Let her get away and just spend time with Jesus. Young people, carve out time now. 
It's amazing how busy our young people are, how busy your lives are. But I'm telling you right now, if you're a teenager and you're not finding time with Jesus, you're missing a habit right now. Develop it now. Sit at his feet. Senior saints, if you've got a lot of time on your hands and maybe your life's not as busy right now, don't waste, don't waste it. Get with Jesus and say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with the resources you've given me? What about with the time? As we close, let me remind us that Jesus doesn't want your work or activities. What he really wants is your heart. Have you given it to him? You see, Mary brought a better offering than Martha. Martha spent all that time preparing, but you know what Mary gave her, gave Jesus? Her heart. Have you given him your heart? You'll know you have. It'll be reflected in your schedule. It'll be reflected in the time you spend with him. As you live your life, remember, electrical tape is not the answer. Jesus is. Sit at his feet. We're going to take a few moments. We're going to have the offertory. As the birds chirp, we're going to pray. And, uh, um, and then we're going to sing for the rest of the service. And as you sing, listen, and as you give, would you, would you please join me? Would you sit at his feet? Would you sit at his feet? We need to be reminded of how much he loves us. Let us pray. And Father God, I thank you. I thank you so much that our worth is not wrapped up in what we do. I thank you that our worth is wrapped up in what your son has done for us. Our worth is in the fact that we reflect who you are as image bearers, and you are infinitely wonderful. And we reflect you. And you have loved us so much that your son has come and rescued us and You've loved us so much that you've given us your Holy Spirit and now the God of the universe is calling us into a deeper relationship just to come and, and to sit at Jesus' feet, to, to get a cup of coffee and sit and open up God's word even for five, ten minutes and be reminded that you love us and that our worth isn't in what we do, it's in who we are. Here we are to worship. Christ, it's you alone, it's you alone that we want to live our lives for. It's you alone, Jesus, that we want to sit at your feet and hear the words of life. And God, we ask that you would bless the, the offering, that God, you'd bless the giver, that you'd use it to advance Christ's kingdom. And God, that you would come again just powerfully here this morning and let us sing, let us join the voices, of the chirps of the birds and Sing our, our hearts and our songs to you for your glory as we sit at your feet. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.